Hello, welcome back to an all new episode of 512 FM. I am your host, Clarissa Nicole, and I am the owner of 512 Studio, which makes this lovely podcast of 512 FM. If you haven't already, hit subscribe, leave a five star review. Tell me how awesome I am. I'm kidding. But no, if you can leave a review, tell your friends to subscribe and listen. That would be super duper. I'm trying to chart on iTunes because that's a goal. (laughs) So whatever you guys can do, I appreciate everyone who has been listening, leaving feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So I was going to do kind of like a current events, pop culture thing at the top of it. But I feel so weird talking about about things that are lighthearted because you guys, between the the stuff going on in Sudan and the things going on at the border of Texas, especially, and just kind of the growing developments of that, it seems very weird, I guess you would say, to try to say something that's that's lighthearted or funny but maybe that's what we need right maybe we do need to have a little bit of um funness which is another reason why though I actually did start recording the hills recaps it was kind of just a flashback of my early 2000s my youth as a college student it also just kind of gives me a way to to take a break from everything that's going on I have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, (laughs) right? Like that's probably why you're listening because you know I have opinions about a lot of things. You know, if we talk about pop culture, there's this huge thing with Taylor Swift and her kind of, I guess, war. War is not the right word. It's that's a little bit strong, but the fact that Taylor Swift is upset that Scooter Braun now owns her masters to some of her old works. And it's kind of created this huge thing, and I have opinions on it, but a lot of people I know are Taylor Swift fans, and I don't want to step into that territory. It's a very interesting discussion about artists owning your work, though. I do 100% believe that an artist should own their work. I think that what happens in terms of music contracts specifically is that you sign something and you just kind of assume like, okay, you'll have it if you leave or it's yours anyway, so you don't worry about it. But, and there's a documentary with 30 Seconds to Mars that talks about the music industry in and of itself and how it can be very shady and very, um, they will basically try to keep all of your work and not allow you to do the things that you want to do with your work. So that's, I'm trying to look at the, look up the documentary now, but it's very interesting if you just want to know how the music works. I know, or music career works, it's called Artifact. Artifact is a very good film that breaks down kind of why they had their hiatus and the lawsuit that they had against their record label at EMI. And it was like $30 million. So... It's it's incredible in terms of wanting to see how how the music industry works. I know what side I am on it. I'm not going to go too deep into that, <laughs> but I will say that it has just been very interesting to watch and to and to see and to kind of see this whole thing with Taylor Swift play out. All that to say, 
that's my pop culture reference. If you are a fan of the Hills, were a fan of the Hills, think you might get, might, uh, might become a fan of the Hills, definitely check out my recaps on the New Beginnings revival of the, sh- of the series. And let's just say I'm not a big Spencer and Heidi fan. So if you are, you might want to skip it. But uh, no, listen to it anyway. And we can talk back and forth about it. It's all playful banter because it's just the hills. It's not real life. Um, But coming back into real life, there's a lot going on. And I know that I have felt like I'm trying to find this positive in the world right now and all this chaos, but it can just be so disheartening and so depressing. And I don't know if you are this type of person, but I'm kind of the person that's like, how dare I feel some kind of joy when there are people locked up in cages, when there are children being denied any kind of basic human care. It's just really sad. So anyway, all that to say is that's kind of my little confessions, pop culture, current events corner of this here podcast and when we get back we will talk about body positivity i have a lot of things to say on that starting a business can be rough you have the idea now what hiring a brand strategist to help you launch or a designer to put your look together may not be in the budget and you're stuck trying to figure it out on your own. This is why I created the brand base. Instead of trying to Google 100 topics on graphic design or suffering from information overload from brand launch tips, the brand base puts everything you need in one workbook. You'll find the core of your business, discover your voice, and create the design you need for a successful start. Go to thebrandbase.512studio.com and purchase your digital copy for only $57. For those who need a cheerleader, check out the Brandbase coaching program. Over three months, we'll have an in-depth building session where we focus on each part of the workbook. A brand audit will be conducted so we know what's working for your brand and what we need to improve. The coaching program also includes email support from me directly and discounts for select 512 Studio Services upon completion of the program. The three-month program is $425 paid in full or three easy payments for $150. Again, go to thebrandbase.512studio.com to enroll in the coaching program or purchase the workbook. And listeners of the show can use FM1212 at checkout for 12% off. That's F as in forest. M as in monkey, one, two, 12, to get 12% off at checkout. The brand base, love your brand from the start. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. Hope you are still staying tuned and that that first part didn't depress you too much, but I wanted to kind of get that out there and just, you know, tell my truth and be honest. So, um, as I said before the break, We are talking about body positivity. Now, since I've been born, I've been in a bigger body. 
I like I was a cute little chipmunk looking baby there's a picture of me where I'm like looking off to the side that all like 80s babies had I'm pretty sure I was looking at chicken I don't know but um you know I've always been in a bigger body and I've always felt like I've had to prove that I can do certain things because just because I'm in a bigger body. So it doesn't mean that I couldn't play dodgeball or that I was lazy or I couldn't do cheerleading or I couldn't dance just because I was in a bigger body. But especially in dance, it was almost like you can't do this because you have a stomach or you can't do this because your hips are too wide. And it's I don't know about other sports because I wasn't really a sports person. I was a dancer, which is a sport to me in and of itself, but that's a whole different story uh, for another podcast. But I've always felt like critiquing your body at every little and not like position your leg this way so that you don't hurt your ankle, but it's like you need to work on getting your hips slimmer. And I'm like, that's bone. <laughs> like, I can't do anything about a bone unless I shave it off and I refuse. But it was always one type of um, look or your feet had to be a certain way in order for you to, to, for in order for you to succeed as, right? And, you know, it's it's one of those things that just for me, it's always made me feel comfortable and uncomfortable. And I have attempted so many diets. I have yo-yoed. I've gone between not eating and trying to throw out my food and taking laxatives and doing very low calorie diets and keto and paleo and like the first round of Weight Watchers and the cabbage diet. I've done slim fast. I have eaten... I mean, if if it's out there, I've probably done it. And a lot of this is just because I was trying to fit into this bubble of wanting to, to be accepted by society. I wanted to be this image of what media said was pretty and was gorgeous. I remember being so into fashion, my sixth grade, like fifth, starting fifth grade, sixth, seventh grade. And I would always get like Delia's catalogs and Just Nikki and all these others in the mail, or I'd get Seventeen magazine. And there were no girls that looked like me. And so I aspired to look like these girls in these magazines. And mind you, during that time when I was younger, people were in uh, the, the whole modeling industry was kind of based off of what is called heroin chic. So it was very Kate Moss skinny, you know, in which. Look, I'm not here to insult anyone that's skinny. There are people who have smaller frames just naturally, and it is what it is. And I'm not here to say, like, their bodies are wrong or it's not real. Because as long as you have a body, it's a real body. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't believe in that whole thing of, oh, this is a real body and this isn't. But I was young, and I would see these young white girls with blonde hair living their best lives in these magazines. And I was... I was this black, average height, chubby, overdeveloped for the time, black girl, and I saw no one that resembled me. And I remember looking at a Just Nikki catalog, and there was a girl with who was mixed, and she had really thick hair. And I was like, that's me, because that was the closest to me. And if anyone who knows me knows I don't look like that, right? 
So it just made me feel like I was wrong. And this entire plus size universe that we have right now didn't exist. We didn't have Garner Style. We didn't have Nicolette Mason. We didn't have Nadia Abulhassan. We didn't have Gabby Fresh. We didn't have all of these amazing people that we see just loving and accepting their bodies as is. And which I will touch on that little part too, but to have these examples now on so mainstream is so important, especially to people who are growing up and their bodies are doing a thing and they don't know what they're doing, (laughs) right? Um, And at 33, I still found myself entering into another year of hating my body. And I don't say that like with sympathy, but it's... I just did not like it. I I thought it was too big. I thought it prevented me from being married and having kids and being successful when none of that is true. I mean, at the end of the day, there are girls who are my size, who are bigger, who are married, who have kids, who have successful careers, right? So I could blame it on me being bigger and living in a bigger body, but that is just not true. But I can't help but to think that because my entire life, I've thought that being in a bigger body meant that I couldn't get married because I've heard that. I've heard that in the most crucial years of development when I was 11, 12 years old, that I was like, I had a cute face, but like, you know, I just need to lose weight or like you're getting thick was always kind of that key word, but it was always kind of said in this like nasty tone. Like, it was, like, a terrible thing. Like, I can't control what the heck is happening. And ergo, I was also dealing with depression and anxiety, but it was untreated. So a lot of stuff was just being held on to me, if you will. Um, So there's just a lot going on. And, but I was always criticized as to why I will never be like so-and-so because I was bigger. So, um, like I said, at 33... I found myself hating my body and I even made the decision to start the WW program, which is basically Weight Weight Watchers rebranded. And what's different about the program in the claims is that it focuses on being healthy and flexible. So there's really no restrictions. It's not like, you know, you can't have ice cream or you can't have cake or whatever, but it's about finding balance, which I actually really liked. And this is not a paid advertisement by any means. This is more just being honest and transparent because I don't want to sit here and conclude, and now I'm fine with my body, but I'm doing Weight Watchers. You know, I have the desire to want to lose weight, but I want to fix my relationship with food. And I'm finding in this cycle that I'm not really dieting or restricting carbs or not having ice cream or whatever the case is. I'm enjoying it. I say, you know what? I had ice cream on Saturday and now it's Sunday. And it's getting better. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's getting a little better. I was at one point counting my calories and I was trying to figure out how many calories I should have. And it was giving me everything across the map. It was 1,200 calories, 2,000 calories, 2,800 calories. And I'm like, this isn't helping me at all. So I was just getting frustrated because I want to find that balance, but I do want to lose weight. And now I'm at a point where I want to lose weight for myself. I want to lose weight to feel a little bit more confident. Yes, but I want to feel stronger. I want 
my clothes to fit better. I want to sit better. There was a time that I was in a really depressive state where I was not doing anything and I was sitting and I was eating all the crappy food and I was just like, blah, you know, and I, I gained a lot of weight back and I, I'd lost control over food and not, not that. Okay. How do I say this? Not every person who's gained weight has lost control, has lost control with food. Because if you are losing weight and you are restricting yourself from eating, you don't have control over food. You might have too control over food. In fact, you're letting food control you, right? So I don't think that gaining weight is a sign that you've lost control over your weight. I think that, or lost control with food. I think that not eating is not having control of food either. So I wanna put that out there. And here's that main, here's the struggle. I love that there's a body positivity movement. I embrace it. I look at these people again, Nicolette Mason, Gabby Fresh, Nadia Ablahasen, uh, Garner, Chastity Garner of Garner Style. I look at these people and I admire them so much because I love how confident that they, how confident they are in their clothes. I love how they speak about loving their body, not being afraid of wearing crop tops, not saying no to certain things just because they are not a certain size or what have you. And I love what they're doing to change the format of what it's like just to live and exist and and love yourself. There is never ever a point where I will ever doubt their their work and their activism and what they're doing to help people again love love themselves and be better. The one thing I do struggle with and this is not with them. But one thing I do struggle with is the backlash people will receive if they want to lose weight. And it's so weird to me because it's a do damn if you do and damned if you don't situation. I should love my body right now at a size 14, right? Like I should love it. I should embrace it. I shouldn't be on Weight Watchers. I'm just wasting money. I'm just doing this. Why am I going to the gym? Been lifting weights and why is this my goal? Like you hear so much talk about what other people want to do with their bodies, especially those who identify as women. And it's not just restricted to women. It's restricted to, it's, I was listening to um, a podcast with Christy Harrison and she was talking about somebody, she was talking to someone in the LGBT community about how gay men have this pressure to look a certain way and to be a certain way. So it's definitely not restrictive to just women, but people get backlash for wanting to lose weight and wanting to do stuff for themselves. And then it's like, you don't represent body positivity anymore because you want to lose weight. And I'm just like, and it's weird because I know for me, I have dealt with and really struggled with, am I doing something right Am I doing something wrong? What is wrong with me that I want to lose weight? And why can I not stop wanting to lose weight? Not stop losing weight, but stop wanting to lose weight. And I remember when I got on this bandwagon, not bandwagon, but when I got on this this process, this journey of wanting to lose weight, I really looked at my goals and I said, okay, what is this about you wanting to work out 
and, and change your body, what are you trying to accomplish? Because there are certain things that I can't do, right? My hips are going to be my hips. I can't make my hips smaller. It's just the way that I'm shaped. It's genetics. My mom, my aunt, we all have the same type of hips, right? So I can't do anything about that. But I'm not trying to change that. For me, I realized, and I wrote this down, I want to be stronger in my legs. I want to be stronger in my lower back. I have a, uh, I have a slight degenerated disc in my back, as some people may know. And that just means that every now and then I get back pain and I want to build my core and build my back so that it can ease the back pain. I'm not saying I wanna get skinny and lose weight to help the back pain. I want to get stronger so that that back pain subsides. If I get stronger in my core, however that looks like, right? I, that will help me support my back better. That means I have to work out my back. It means I have to, or yeah, it means I have to work out my back and it means that I have to be proper in my weightlifting, but it also means that I can't overdo it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a positive thing to say, okay, I want to get stronger, but I'm like limited to how much I can do at a certain time. And I'm okay with that. I also want, I want an ab. I just want one, you know, I don't want an ab for no reason. I'm not like, oh, once I get an ab, I'm going to wear shorts because it's about to be a hundred degrees. It's uh, it's July in Texas. I'm about to get some shorts tomorrow. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it has nothing to do with, oh, if I, once I get skinny, then I can wear this. It's not vain reasons. It really is all me. I do want to look in the mirror and I do want to look good and feel good about my body. And at the point that I started looking, I started to kind of rethink, okay, how am I going to get on this journey of self-love and self-acceptance? I realized that I wasn't feeling good because I wasn't moving my body and I wasn't feeding it the stuff that I know makes it feel good. I was eating emotionally. I was stressed and I was depressed for so many different reasons, changing medications and weaning off of some and just some other issues. And then I had to go, okay, what are you going to do to make yourself feel better in your body? And I picked up dance again and it was, it's so much fun. I'm not as good as it. I'm not good at it as I was 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, A lot of that has to do with just the fact that it's been 12 years. It has nothing to do with my size. But I'm also not used to dancing in this size body, so it could be discouraging, but I snap myself out of it. All that to say is you have to realize that body positivity is trying to find a way that makes you feel good about yourself, right? And then making sure that you are working on stuff for yourself. So if you want a six pack for yourself, if that's a goal you want, I say go for it. More power to you. Eat all the egg whites and stuff that you need to do to to get the abs. If you want to gain weight because you don't feel comfortable in your smaller body, then gain the weight. If you love who you are right now in the present in your body and there's nothing wrong with it and you look at yourself in the mirror and think you're a sexy bitch, then you're a sexy bitch and that's fine. The problem, again, that I'm seeing in the body positivity movement is that it's only body positivity if you accept yourself as is. And I don't think that's what... 
it is what that's supposed to be and not at the same time. So if you are accepting yourself as is, that's great, right? Because if you're trying to lose or gain weight, if you're trying to change your body, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. Trust me, I tried. It's not going to happen overnight. So yeah, you need to love your body in the now. You need to find things about you that you love currently. But also it's okay that you want to slim down a little bit or, or gain a little bit. All of these things are okay. And really at the end of the day, you need to just really find, what am I trying to say? Find, find who you are and find why you love yourself. It doesn't feel authentic anymore, the body positivity movement. And that's my truth. It's moved away from just, it's moved away from really loving and accepting yourself to accept being fat or you're not body positive anymore. And I don't know why. I don't know why people have decided to hijack what body positivity means to them. So look, if you are big or small or in between, you want to gain weight, you want to lose weight, you want to add muscle, you want to decrease muscle, it's up to you. Mind your business, mind your body. Just that's that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? So we got to look at the body positivity movement. We got to see what's going on. How do we fix it? How do we not judge others for their journey? Because everybody's journey is so different. Everybody's journey is different. And it's always going to be that tricky thing to make sure that we are really loving ourselves and we are loving our bodies, but we're not judging people on how they love their bodies but also not encouraging disordered eating. So it's a mixed bag. And body positivity is not simple. I don't care what anybody says. There are days that I wake up and I see my stomach and I hate it. And then there are days I wake up and I see myself and I'm like, look at this butt sitting, you know, because I've been doing squats and I've been dancing. And so my body's changing. But all that to say is body positivity is really how you view it and how you look at it. And I I do hope anybody that's listening to this loves themselves and loves their bodies and and can accept themselves whether, you know, going through the change and enjoying the journey. Make decisions for yourself. Don't look at what anybody else is doing and saying, oh my gosh, I have to be like this person or I have to be like that person or I need to fit this mold. If you love yourself in the now and you don't want to change, then baby, don't change. If you love yourself, but you're like, you know what? I want to lose about 10, 20 pounds. Then you can do that. It's up to you to do that. I encourage everybody to be healthy and be under some guidance. But that's also very privileged to say because Guidance costs money, guidance requires insurance sometimes, and not a lot of people have one, the other, or both. If you can get rid of toxic thoughts in your head, which is so much easier said than done, get rid of those toxic thoughts and and write down all the good things about you. Because I think one thing I know that's had me fallen out of trying to find this whole body positivity balance is that I will think something super negative and I'll equate it to my body size. So if I, with the example of dance, think that 
I'm not catching a phrase or I'm not picking up on choreography fast enough, I immediately go to, it's because I'm in a bigger body. And that's not true. I'm not picking up choreography because I haven't been in a dance class to pick up choreography in 12 years. So that means it makes it harder because I've had to focus on practicing other things. Because before I go to class, I'm working and I'm concentrating on a website or brand development or what have you. And I can't concentrate because I haven't cleared my mind yet. So how do I fix that so I can concentrate better? Hmm, maybe take a break for about an hour before I leave the house and just meditate and just stretch or what have you. You see what I'm saying? So if something isn't happening for a reason, don't look at it as because you were fat or because you were skinny as a rail or whatever. Look at it as what is the situation and how did it get there? Because 99.9% of the time, it has nothing to do with your body. And that, to me, is how you stay on a body positivity journey, is that realizing if things aren't working out in your favor, it's not because of your body. If things are working out in your favor, it's also not because of your body. If you are succeeding and bringing in six figures every every month, it's not because you're skinny. It's not because you're big. It's not because what you have a six pack, you're bringing in six figures every day because you're working your butt off to do so. Do you see what I'm saying? So our successes and our failures have nothing to do with our bodies. And we have to get that through our heads so that we can stop focusing on trying to fit this mold that doesn't exist, that's been created by patriarchy, right? And just realize that we are successful because of our hard work and our hard ethic, our, our work ethic, whatever however that is, whatever that looks to you. There's so much more on body positivity that I can go on and I would love to continue this conversation. So hit me up on Instagram, which is 512FM. You can also follow my business slash personal Instagram at 512studio. Both of those are the word five, the number 12, and then studio, and then the word five, number 12, FM. You can also feel free to email me at 512FM, word five, number 12FM at gmail.com. And let's just talk, continue this conversation. I think we really need to kind of get into the depths of what this means to each person and live our best truth. So again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is a TBD to be, not determined, TBC to be continued because I cannot wait to bring some people on here to really talk about how they feel about body positivity and their neck of the woods. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to rate five stars, leave a nice review and share this with all of your friends, family and country people. And I will talk with you soon.